Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Read a couple of verses there. And it's how this sermon answered prayers. You know, the prayer cards that we have been filling out for the last few Sundays uh, are designed to show a great promise from God's Word. And during that first week, uh, uh, this family member called, uh, I mean, d- during the first week, the, uh, we did these cards. One, one of the persons in our church prayed for a family member. She wrote down that her family member needed to go back to church. Could you please, please pray for him? And she put the card in the, ba- in, the, in the offering plate. It was in the basket. Somebody took it out and somebody prayed over it. During her Thanksgiving dinner, she came to me all excited and she told me that you would not believe that that prayer was answered. I said, I believe it. She was so excited. So, um, she said she had chills all over when during that week, that first week, her family member called her and told her and said, you know, I think I need to get back in church. She hadn't called him. She was just praying. Praise God. Such a blessing. There is something special that happens when we pray together. When we focus on a request together, great things happen. And in our text today, Jesus tells us that it is, a, it is special when just two people come together in prayer. So if you have your Bibles, it's in Matthew chapter 18. Let's read verses 19 and 20. The Bible says, Again, I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Uh, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your many blessings, Father. But now we thank you that you're in the midst. Where two or three are gathered in your name, you're here. Father, you're with us. You're here, listening, moving, touching hearts, Lord, opening our eyes and opening our minds to what you want us to see. Father, we ask now, Lord, that you just pour down the Holy Spirit upon us, that we be filled with the Holy Ghost, Father, that we can just see and understand what you want us to know and how important prayer is. I told the children, Father, you desire for us to call unto you, and that's true. You want nothing more than us to talk to you, to come and confess our sins and to to give our praises to you, Father, and send our requests to you, and you'll answer us. Father, help us to understand this is so important in the life of our church, in revival, in everything we do, Father. It begins with prayer. Now, Father, be with us as we go through this. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So this is the promise. If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything uh, that they ask, it shall be done of my Father which is in heaven. Two of you touching, agreeing upon something. So what do we need to understand about this wonderful promise? Well, first, there must be an agreement between the two praying. Verse 19 said, when two come together as in touching, as in agreeing, Uh, The idea here is to be in harmony. Multiple instruments playing the same music is more beautiful than just one. We had an example of this last Sunday. 
We had Linda playing the piano and Jan singing. The two instruments, along, are fantastic, but together, it was kind of magical, wasn't it? It was beautiful. For our prayers to be in harmony, we must be praying the same request. We have to be in time with each other. And it comes harder the more instruments that are playing. Harmony is more difficult to achieve. And this is the value of united prayer. When we know the noise that comes from discord, everyone must be at their best. We are made uh, to sharpen our, our God-created personalities and gifts in order to blend together into a beautiful sound uh, for God's ears. You know, the Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, which is what I do every time I try to sing. But that's not what prayer is. Prayer is like incense. It's supposed to be beautiful, sweet-smelling to God as we come in unity to Him. We can see uh, this when two people are are united in marriage. God made us male and female to complement each other. And this relationship of love is shown in greater importance when we understand it's also a picture of how Jesus loves the church. In Ephesians chapter 5, starting verse 22, the Bible says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior, Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives even as the Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. It's a wonderful combination here, isn't it? Everybody takes those first few verses and say, uh, women are supposed to be subservient to men and, 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 and women are below men. and It's not like that. You're supposed to be below the one man who's going to love you like Jesus loved the church. That's what it says. And it's that unity that comes together, that's that blessing when two people come, become one flesh, and they pray together, they share their lives in one flesh, and they also agree in prayer. Husbands praying with wives, fathers praying with children, mothers praying with children, the family praying in harmony with each other. That's what we should be here at church. A church family praying together. But it's also important for two or three of us to get together and, and to concentrate and, and, and to pray on certain topics, certain, certain things that are happening in our lives. <coughs> Every home should be a temple of God. And Jesus reminds us that we don't need a crowd. Just two or three gathering his spirit and praying is enough. Unity in prayer requires unity in spirit. The context of this uh, passage here has to do with correcting members of the church. If you look back a few verses in chapter 18, starting with verse 15, we see, Moreover, if a brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take, three, or, uh, take thee one or two more uh, that in uh, the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word must, may be established. And if he uh, neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he neglect to hear them, hear the church, let him be unto thee as the heathen 
man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever shall be bound on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever shall be loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Here he says there's a problem in the church. You have a problem with your brother. What do you do? Personally approach that person. You go to him and try to work it out. If he won't listen to you, then you, and you, you confront him in love, then you go with two or three witnesses. And then if that doesn't happen, you go to the church. And if that doesn't get it, then you have to separate yourself from him. It's all because of the unity. <coughs> Everybody's singing the same song, and one person's singing something else. It doesn't work. In every step, there must be love, a desire to help, and the understanding and importance of the unity of the body of believers. We must come together, unified in our prayer. Second, we must pray together in the name of Jesus Christ. It says, in my name. John 14, 13 and 14 says, And whosoever shall uh, ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If he, if he acts anything in my name, I will do it. John fifteen sixteen says, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that ye should go forth and, bring, and bring, go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Jesus says, Ask in my name. Our prayers must acknowledge the name that is above all names. And this is where unity begins. Praying in the name while being in Jesus' nature. The Bible says be like him. We're to walk in his nature, his character, his purpose, his vision. We're to seek holiness, to do the will of the Father, and to share the gospel and gather much fruit. <coughs> I apologize for my voice. We are to pray like Christ. In Romans 8, 34, the Bible tells us, Who is he that condemneth? Is it Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who is also making intercession for us? He prayed for us while he was here. He prayed for us when he left, and now in heaven he's praying. He's continually praying. For us, Jesus never stopped. And we must be praying for others. We are the vessel through which the Holy Spirit offers requests according to God's will. We must examine the intent of our heart when we pray. Listen, I know we're in the social media age and somebody will, will text you and say, I need you to pray for me. Or you'll see something on Facebook and they're asking for prayer. And you'll type, I will pray for you, or whatever. And how many times do we often just stop right there and say, okay, I've got to pray. And we just get on our knees and pray to pray for that situation. It's the intent of our heart. It's not a pacifier. It's not saying, saying we're going to. It's actually praying for someone. That prayer card that was answered, someone took it, saw it, uh, was, someone's requ- was more than someone's request. It was also a part of God's will. In, in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning His promises, and some men count slackness, but long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. 
If you know that verse and someone says, please pray, pray for my loved one who's not going to church, then they're seeking repentance for that person. They're seeking that person to go and get things right with God. And they prayed in unity. The person who wrote it, the person who received it, and, and the will of God. And when those three come together, great things happen. The power of God comes down. The Holy Spirit is renewed. We have a bow point of the Holy Spirit. You have to know the intent of your heart. Oh. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But God can change that, can't he? Psalms 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. God can take what is broken, what is dirty, what is, what is tainted, what is bitter, and make it sweet. We just have to allow Him to control of our heart. And our heart must be focused on God's will. And it begins when we pray in Jesus' name. Finally, to pray in harmony, you must have your instrument tuned. Amen? You must have your instrument tuned. A few years ago on a sunrise service, we were singing a song, and Jan and BJ were up there singing. We were, uh, we were outside someplace. I can't remember where we were at. I think we were over here in this park. And they were singing, and they kept looking at each other. And they looked at Dave and Harold back there, and they looked at each other, and they just knew something wasn't right. Something, something, was, not, something was off. It didn't sound right. Something was, was, was wrong with the way it sounded. And they couldn't figure it out. Well, it turns out they left this mic on, and I was singing. And apparently, I'm the problem. I, I didn't think I was. I thought maybe they were out of tune, but it sounded good to me. I didn't see anything wrong with it. But they left this mic on by mistake, and I was singing in my voice, out of tune. I can't carry a tune in a bucket, but it made it off. So what can get our prayer life out of tune? Unconfessed sin. If you are not in God's will, then you are trying to play a different song. Not faithful to play, not uh, to pray, not faithful to practice. For our song to be sweet, we must pray in real faith and the confidence that prayer will be answered. It's that confidence you have in God. It's not you're praying, I hope God will do something. Maybe God can work in this situation. Or, or quite possibly, things might work out for him or whatever. No, it's that confidence in knowing that God has the power to change things. God has the power to move. If it's his will, it'll be done. It'll be done through the prayers of his people. But we have to pray, believing and trusting in him. So what happens if you trust and believe in him and praying for something and it doesn't happen? Well, then you know it's not his will. But you have to be faithful to confess those sins, to cleanse your own heart, to make sure you're in right standing with God, make sure you're living in God's will before you can pray in God's will. John 15, 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. The whole connection to our prayers being answered and to us living in a relationship with God is His will. His will. Not our will, but His will. And so many times, our will gets in the way of His will. He wants us to live for Him, through Him, by Him. 
to, to, to do the work that He calls us to do. See, people come to know Christ because of the work that we do through His will. Uh, Matthew uh, 21, 22 says, And all, t- all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. You can't just ask and hope it'll happen. You can't just ask and say, maybe this will happen. You ask believing that God has the power to move. That God has the power to change things. That God can grant the request that you're asking. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if he, we know that he, he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Listen, the greatest thing is knowing that when you pray, God is listening. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. God says, call unto me. Call unto me. Pray. What's wrong with you people? Pray to me. I got, I got, I got a, a wealth of knowledge I want to share to you. I want to give you things that will relieve your burden and your stress. I want to put you in a place where you can live in confidence knowing that I have you in control. I have your life. I want you to pray to me so you know that this relationship is real. It's true. I am your heavenly Father. I give good gifts. Pray to me. What unspeakable joy. What confidence multiplied as each person prays together. During the Welch Revival, a visitor asked, one of the, asked in one of the meetings of someone, if someone could please tell him what the secret was to the movement. Evan Roberts, an evangelist, stood up, lifted up his hands to heaven, and answered, there is no secret. Ask, and you shall receive. That was the key. They prayed. God sent revival. Why? Because they prayed in unity. They came together and prayed that God would work and would move in their lives, that God would change their situation. And God poured down the Holy Spirit. When people are living in the Spirit, believe in prayer becomes natural, and revival is the result. So what do you believe uh, God will do today? Not what, you, not what you ask, but what do you expect to happen? Do we truly believe that our God answers prayers? I'll tell you what, this last Sunday I got an answer to that. He does. And he's wanting to answer our prayers. But how you answer these questions reveals your faith, your likeness to God, and your ability to move to a higher life in the fullness of the Spirit. Now think about the potential. And the unlimited resource the prayer opens up to us. If we pray in unity. If we come together. If we join together and pray, play the same song and, and, and say the same prayer and pray about the same things that are important to us and to our, our life here and to our work as a church. Verse 19 once again. Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. So join someone today. Take your prayer request and give it to someone else and say, could you please pray for this? I've got this situation going on in my life and 
I really need prayer. Can you pray for this for me? And see how God will bless when you come in unity and praying together for his blessings. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't know where you are in your prayer life. I don't know how faithful you are. I do know that you're not where you're supposed to be because none of us are. But we can get there. And we can get there together. I truly believe that God wants to send revival to Covington Baptist Church. I truly believe that God wants us to be revived, to be filled with the Holy Spirit because our community desperately needs that. But it takes a conscious effort on our parts to understand the intent of our heart and to know what God intends for us to have in our life. His will. His power. Him changing our circumstances. Him causing the fruit to fall from the tree that we can gather together. It all begins with prayer. Consistent, fervent prayer. Continuous prayer. Never stopping prayer. Continually talking to God. And letting Him know how much we love Him. How much we need Him. <coughs> and how His blessings are much needed to our lives. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning, Father. Father, we're just amazed that you love us the way you do. We're only sinners saved by grace. You saved us. You loved us. You sacrificed for us. Just so we'll talk to you. Father, we can't wait till we get to heaven to have a relationship with you. That relationship starts right now. In heaven, we'll be in your presence. Here, we need your power. We need your strength. We need your uh, guidance to get us through this world. I pray for these dear children who are up here, Father. We'll face temptation we can't even imagine. <coughs> The world will try to pull them in many different directions, Father. We pray, Lord, that uh, you'll keep them here, guided, centered, and anchored on Jesus Christ. But we all face temptation, Father. We all fall away, forget what we need to be doing, and slip out of your will, Father. It just takes one step. Father, pray that we can find where we need to be.